0: Hey everyone, welcome to Movie Films with Bill and Steve. I'm Bill. And I'm Steve. Movies talk, so let's talk movies.
1: Let's talk those movies.
0: Steve, how are you doing this week?
1: I'm doing A-OK. I, uh, I saw Smackdown last night. Awesome. Uh, got some sweet seats and, well, I mean, Smackdown was fine. What really matters is I got to see the Mixed Max Challenge, which was fun, and got to see 205 Live. And also uh-huh. and also, there was a really fun dark match, which started off as the Usos and AJ Styles taking on Rusev, uh, Baron Corbin, and Aiden English. And then it became the Usos and the referee having a super kick party against the three heels.
0: Rusev isn't a heel,
1: though. Well, they want him to be a heel, even though he's clearly not.
0: Well, they, you know, he's clear. He's just clearly not. I don't know how they can want him to be a heel when they give him all these great spots and do all these great things and everyone loves him and cheers for him.
1: Well, hey, at least he's in the WrestleMania uh, four-way for the US title now. Open in the pre-show. Because I guess they realize that, oh, wait, this is a match between three people that nobody really cares about winning. Because um, Bobby, if he wins, it's literally just, oh, we just wasted two months for no reason. If um, Randy retains, that's fucking boring because nobody cares. And if gender wins, well, he's gender. So they needed to put at least someone in that people would actually be actively rooting to win for.
0: You know, it's a bigger waste of time. Dolph Ziggler. Yes. Hey, I left. I dropped this belt. I came in number thirty at the Royal Rumble. All this. Uh, I, I challenged for the title. I'm. I'm in the. I'm in the under the giant battle Royale.
1: He'll win it. And go on to Um, do great things, just like all the other winners.
0: Go on to do great things. Like Cesaro? Like like, like Dolph Ziggler has never done. Perfect. The the shining moment in his his entire career was when he cashed in that money in the bank, won the title, had the title for a little while, got a concussion, lost the title, and has done nothing of consequence since then. Perfect. (laughs) And he's given, given so many starts and stops that nobody cares about him anymore.
1: I'm sure his mom does. You
0: know, I'm sure his bank account cares. <laughs> and good for him making that money, but as far as a character, as far as, like, a storyline and dealio.
1: You know what? For the money, he won. He won. <laughs> True. But, yeah. True. Fun dark match. AJ tore the uh, shirt off the ref because the crowd went fucking nuts for him and kept on chanting referee. And then the ref got the winning pin.
0: All 300 people that were still there?
1: Uh, there was, like, a 800, Bill.
0: All I know is I'm used to, like, there not being a whole lot of people on, like, card camera side, but your photos, it's like, that entire half of that arena is empty.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, one-third of the arena left before the Mixed Match Challenge. The Mixed Match Challenge that had, like, characters that people care about. You know, it had fucking... Finn Balor was there. Mm -hmm. Um, A third of the arena left before that. And then before 205 Live even started, another third of the arena left. It was ridiculous and sad. But on the other hand, I don't know how much I can fucking blame people because WWE keeps wanting to put on 205 Live like after 10 o'clock and you got a bunch of people that are saying, I don't want to fucking get home at midnight on Tuesday night on a work night. Like if 205 Live was at 7 to 8, don't get me wrong, it wouldn't be a full-packed arena, but it would be a hell of a lot better than what the fuck it ends up being after three hours of wrestling.
0: Yeah, the argument for a long time has been, why aren't they taping this before
1: SmackDown? Yeah, it's ridiculous.
0: Makes no sense. And yeah,
1: you know, people leave for the Dark Match, but the Dark Match is just meant to be like a little fun bonus thing anyway. So
0: yeah, it's usually meant to entice you to stay, but it clearly doesn't work that well for most <laughs> no, people. No, it doesn't. So they don't—they don't really have much interest in that.
1: It was fun though. I'm glad you know the 205 Live in the Dark Match made that night worth it. SmackDown was fine, whatever. I mean, I got to see Nakamura, and then I got to see the little um, Nakamura AJ standoff stuff, and that was cool. That was well done. Mm-hmm. But up until that point, I didn't give a shit.
0: I mean, that's that's my biggest thing. Like, you obviously got free tickets, so that worked out really well for you. Every time SmackDown or, or Raws come near me, I have just thought, no, I don't want to pay that kind of money to go to a taping.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. it's a television taping, so you're not... Like, very rarely is there anything that much of value that you'd think, you know, I wish I was there for that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Maybe once or twice a year. Like, especially like that, yeah, that one yet. that
1: one rod that I took my wife to. Mm-hmm. I was blown away that it was like a good show. Blown yes. away! <laughs> and that was it.
0: time. It's time, you just know, need some decent stuff, but otherwise you're there for over three hours.
1: <laughs> and you're getting maybe an hour of wrestling, and that's yeah, being rarely. extremely generous.
0: Mm-hmm. And then there's this other stuff you have to sit through. And it's like, you have to sit through it. It's like when you like watch on, on, on Hulu or DVR and watch later... Or the students, network, even. Go th- fast-forward through stuff, which networks, you know, you get the shit until, like, you know, three months later. Uh, but either way, you, still have, you, have to actually, you have to actually sit through some of these matches... Through all that, of it. ...that are often not, not very good. Uh, so that's great. I'm glad you had a good time. That's yeah, awesome. it was a good
1: time. But, you know, we got... We're going to be sticking to some indie shows for a little while, got uh, Rise coming up, and I did not realize this until I got my tickets in the mail, um, because I got a, it comes with a thank you letter, because spe- I guess they super appreciate people buying tickets. Yeah, Kevin's a good guy. Um, but I did not realize they were taping six episodes of Rise the day I'm there.
0: Yeah, I have, um... Oh, you know, boy! I, have, I follow Shimmer, and I follow Rise, because they both work together and stuff, and I follow Kevin Harvey, who operates Rise, on Twitter, and he post them. I, I didn't really quite understand what this is all supposed to be. I thought it was just a normal Rise show, and now it's all about episodes and stuff. So you'll have to let me know how it turns out, because I, I, I must have missed the tweet somewhere that explained exactly what was going on there. I mean,
1: I'll find out,
0: because <laughs> I'm there. I go to Shimmer Tapings i'm there for seven hours because they're taping two volumes of their dvd per day Mm -hmm. so you get like you know two two and a half two and a half three hour shows and for their dvd recordings that's what it's the weekend because they're recording their dvds that dave prazak won't get released for like five years but still you know he's he's recording them
1: yeah hey at least they're being recorded
0: (laughs) yeah i i know what that is but when it comes like when you start talking when kevin harvey's like rise taping six episode tapings i'm like i don't know what is that what did i tell steve to go to Hey whatever. I mean, you're going to get good re- you're going to get good wrestling and everything
1: else. By this was We're going mean, to get it, good wrestling front row seats for probably 6 or 7 hours and it only cost me 100 bucks for two tickets. Yep. So, you know what? I it's going to be a good time. We're going to it's going to be something something that I wasn't expecting, but it's going to be something and I think it's going to be positive.
0: We'll say the same thing always say. Check out your local independent wrestling yes. organization. You can get a uh, great time for a very, you know, little 10 bucks buck.
1: t- 10 to 20 bucks like yeah
0: like for me and rachel for the shimmer weekend uh, shimmer tapings are a ex- bit expensive because it's two days and he dave uh, Praise like it runs it flies in like 40 people for this shit mm-hmm. so it's like for us uh it's 50 dollars each for second row tickets um but that's fine but like, hell like even when we went to uh glory pro which was a uh, fuck face michael elgin's promotion front row tickets were only 25
1: bucks that's
0: nice, and, yeah. And, you know, lots of your indie shows are not <laughs> that expensive. You can go have a great time. Yeah. Um, you know, not too hard to pocketbook.
1: R&D shows in our area, it's um, for the uh, male Fight Society, I think, is what it's called now, instead of just PWX. PWX is like the overhaul company. Now they have Fight Society and Angelgate. Fight Society is like 15 bucks front front uh, row and uh, 10 bucks for anywhere else. And then Angelgate is just 15 flat, but it has free beer. <laughs> Wow.
0: <laughs> what an enticement. I know, right? <laughs> Excellent.
1: But, you know, since it's small, there's not really a bad seat in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike, you know, huge arena shows. And then we on there's, like, smaller, um, like, stage band areas that, like, Ring of Honor goes to or even NXT goes to. Those places are pretty good when it comes to seating as well. But it still has those, like, crappy fucking... I hate floor seats when they go back further than, like, five rows. Because at that point, I think that they're fucking useless
0: um i don't know when i went to nxt takeover chicago i was in the second section of floor seats so maybe i was about uh 10 probably 15 or 20 feet back i felt it was fine i I wasn't bothered by too much by it but if any farther back it might have been kind of questionable i
1: mean maybe i mean that point is probably just subjective Mm -hmm. but
0: i I was unsure as well because i bought the tickets because i was like So quickly getting tickets, like, oh, here, this sounds fine. And I got it, we got there, I'm like, you know, this is good. It's decent enough. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, sitting, like, section in, or maybe, like, first couple rows of lower bowl, like, right there. Opposite hard camera around there, whatever, is probably obviously going to be a better option.
1: But still, those sorts of places, they're still... Even with the floor seating, there's also still a bunch of like um, balcony seating and stuff like that that makes mm-hmm. watching shows a super good time. I still need absolutely. to get to a Ring of Honor, but I'll get to that eventually.
0: Oh yeah, they come, so You being in, you know, pretty much in Pittsburgh, you get, I so said, you have such opportunity for so many things. So. At least
1: one a year for Ring of Honor. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, I'll miss April, but that's fine because I'm so busy with Marvel next month anyway. So it's fine. I guess we'll do. Prize You're the in May. performer. I'm the performer. Yeah. I'm Brock Lesnar
0: yeah that's right call your shots i'm
1: doing nothing this month and the next month i'm doing four things
0: yep there you go <laughs> and you also do you know uh, can't pass a piss test
1: i mean that's yeah obviously because i'm so jacked on roids
0: you're so jacked on whatever inhaler you're using and stuff under usada violation
1: <laughs> um and that's pretty much it for me at least that i can officially talk about how are you doing bill
0: i'm doing pretty well uh let's see let's go, let's, let's recap the week but a lot of stuff going on uh detective pikachu came out i picked that up uh best buys deals and all sorts of stuff got it for 20 bucks out the door haven't got to play a ton of it yet but i have played a good amount to really find the game charming and a lot of fun uh the, the pikachu's voice is amazing yeah and i just like in universe, uh, only like only the main character you're playing as can understand Pikachu. Oh, really? Like, everyone everyone else just hears Pika Pika. So at the beginning of the game, he's walking along the street, kind of talking like in a noir narration, and he, he kind of walks out, not paying attention. And a car almost hits him, and he stops. He's like walking past, like shaking his fist, you know, screaming at the the driver, and all the driver he sees like this angry Pikachu going Pika 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 at him, and it was really funny. That's funny, and also this like whole world they established is it's fascinating like it's just a city and there's pokemon around and i don't it's like it's crazy it's so (laughs) crazy and and this the character of pikachu in the film almost is like a hard-boiled detective picked up put into a pikachu body and then tossed into this like pokemon filled world
1: well i mean isn't the plot that this kid's dad was a hard-boiled detective who then disappeared
0: Uh, I'm not that far yet, but I, but from from context, no, no, (laughs) context clues from like the beginning of the game so far, I figured that's the case.
1: I mean, I, I hope that's not like, I would prefer if it, I mean, now that you're explaining it, I think that is going to be the case, but I, when I first heard that, I was like, no, I think it'd be cool if like, this was just his dad's Pikachu and it's not like this is the only Pokemon to ever learn English in the fucking franchise.
0: Okay. So what I've picked up again, I could be totally wrong from what I picked up at the start of the game. Uh, this Pikachu did belong to his father, and the father gave this Pikachu a chemical to make him be able to talk. Perfect. And the father got lost because he he was driving in the car with the Pikachu, and then it was raining, and the father drove off the road in his car, and that's when I kind of like that's kind of like flashback, bitch, the bits for the Pikachu side of things. That'd be cool. So we don't know like if he died or what happened, because all uh, we go from there to boom, Pikachu walking down the streets, talking to himself, wearing a cute hat.
1: Drinking some black coffee. He might as well, Oh,
0: he he does drink coffee. Yeah,
1: I remember that in the trailer. This coffee I, I smells go the so park, good. Go the
0: first mission where you're you go to a park and in the park is a cafe and you can you and the you, the kid can you and the, the kid you're playing as and Pikachu can have coffee. And when I say kid, the kid's like a teenager, but yeah, uh, yeah. They and they Pikachu's like, oh, I love coffee. <laughs>
1: Just pump that shit directly into me. It's
0: it's it's pretty excellent so far. It, it's a great, great 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 game. I know. Kid, if I work. ever die, just
1: throw me in the trash.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if this game ends, if him getting like shot in the face or something, I'm like, <laughs> ow! Oh, this man's this game's amazing. Thank you.
1: Uh yeah. Once you get deeper into it, let me know what you think because I want yeah. to get it, but then like I'm also not very good at a lot of other detective games. <laughs> like I was trash at Phoenix Wright and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, so um, let me know
1: what the gameplay is like.
0: Yeah, I'm not far enough into it to get a full Oh, yeah, take your it. time, so I'm obviously. I'm still like, on like, the first kind of uh, mission where I'm trying to find out uh, which Apom stole this necklace, and the necklace was stolen by a Murkrow, I think, but I'm trying to track down the Murkrow. It's just, it's, yeah. So far, it's pretty easy to follow. And it's pretty funny because um, you can't talk to the Pokemon, but Pikachu can. So at times, Pikachu will just be like, Hey, I can help! And you click on him, then he's the Pokemon will do their normal thing where they'll just say their name, and then Pikachu's, like, translating it to you. So they Pokemon will uh-huh. be like, Hey, Pom! And then Pikachu will say, Yeah, he doesn't know where it went at all! Uh-huh. And it's it's the, the, the comedy of the game is just fantastic. It's, it's well, this piece of so
1: shit is back-talking me!
0: Yeah, it's, it's kind of like that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty enjoyable so far. Uh, so it definitely gets a thumbs up. Uh, what also gets a thumb up is this 1988... Uh, cop slash lawyer slash like crime thriller movie called shakedown that was recently put out on shout select stars peter weller and sam elliott in, in late 80s new york uh directed by um uh Glickenhaus and um uh peter weller plays like a legal aide who has a whose client is being charged with murder for killing a cop but the client's like no i thought i was, it was self-defense because he was just you know, he was a blue jean cop and then like unravels this whole thing about like dirty cops and stuff, and Sam Elliott's like, like a hard boiled cop, but he wants to take down the dirty cops, and so he's just like murdering motherfuckers. Meanwhile, Peter Weller's trying to solve this case and stuff. Awesome. And it's all full of like forty second street, like uh, uh movie theaters, grindhouses full of like crack bottles all over the floor. And it's just it's it's a good time. I highly enjoyed the film. Every time I thought like Oh, this this is this going to happen next? And it did. Something did happen. And I went, well, this movie's made for me. <laughs> it's hitting all the buttons. It's got it's got you know brothels. It's got people doing coke and crack. Actually, pretty much everyone doing crack. Lots of crack because it's obviously late late 80s uh, New York when uh, crack was just taking over the world. Uh, so check it out. It's not too hard. To, you know, probably about 20 bucks to pick up. Check out that movie. It was a good time. Uh, that's about it. I'm seeing Weird Al on Friday for his uh, self-indulgent ego, whatever, tour he's calling it, where he's just playing his original songs. Hey, that's awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Again,
1: I remember uh, you saying, I'm going to see Weird Al, and I was like, oh, okay. It's all of his original songs. Oh, fuck yeah, that's awesome!
0: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. So uh, I'll I'll report back uh, next episode on how that turned out. I'm I'm very interested. So far, I'm kind of bummed because a couple of songs I really like, uh, he has not played yet on this tour, so it's a matter of, okay, is is he going to play them, or is he just not playing on this tour? So Mm -hmm. we'll find out on that. That's about it. So let's move on to some movie news. Woo! Woo! Uh, Simon Pegg was talking about why uh, Star Trek Beyond failed at the box office. Uh, He thought it was poorly marketed, which I could totally agree with him
1: on 100%
0: and he was super mad that you sabotaged in the trailers because that was meant to be kind of like a big reveal thing at the end of the film, which I also really wish that was not... I, I'm right there with him as well, so I'm two for two, but I think the point thing he forgets is that the movie also didn't perform very well because a lot of people didn't like Into Darkness. Yeah. Even though Into Darkness did make a lot of money, but it's one of those cases where, yeah, it made a lot of money, but people left after seeing it and giving it their money going, yeah, what was that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I wasn't going to see Beyond originally because of Into Darkness. I wasn't either. And then I kept hearing from people, like, uh, Beyond's good. So I was like, okay, I'll see Beyond. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah, that was the best of this trilogy. That was the most Star yeah. Trek. Fuck yeah.
0: I got really sad, though, because I was reading comments on this article about it, and everyone's like, oh, Beyond sucked. It was terrible. It was boring. All this
1: stuff. I'm like,
0: no. They made a good Star Trek movie, and your people are ruining it.
1: Yeah, it's... I-, I said this to you online, but I'll say it again for our audience... We live in a world where Star Trek Beyond, which is a good Star Trek movie, is called trash. And Bad Movie Superman, which is a um, subverting work of art superhero film that really pushes the envelope to try to do something different to create an epic tale, is called trash. But something so milk toast, such as Spider Man Homecoming, is called amazing and one of the best superhero movies of all time.
0: I mean, Steve. you also live in a world where you know we're recording this the day that Ready Player One is coming out, and I'm sure that movie will make buttloads of fucking money. And even everyone's gonna say it's great. That I, I've been going through that book. Jesus Christ, Steve! This book is awful. <laughs> what a piece of trash. And from everything I've heard, like I Film Brain is a guy in England who does movie reviews, and I, I, I you know, I check out some stuff. And he basically called it, it's like, yeah, if you didn't like the book, this movie is going to change your mind, because it's basically the book. <laughs> like, he, he was being upfront about it. It's like, you know, it's it's a good experience to go, maybe you go see in a the theater to check out some like kind of Avatar was, as far as immersion into a world, but all the problems that are there with the book are right here in this fucking movie, where it's all like, hey, references, get it? And the film just has, and the book, ant slash film, just has a main character who's just meaningless has no real motivations, doesn't go anywhere to... Or, you know, it's just like, wh- why Why do I care about this guy's story? This guy's an asshole. Because everyone... like Him and all these type of characters in the book... I don't know if you know much about the book. I'll just say this real quick. They're all the kind of people that are just a, a matter of fact of like, well, I know more about pop culture than you do, so I'm better than you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Why do I want to read or watch a book about those kind of people? I hate those kind of people. There's nothing fun about just acting like you're a superior because you've seen every episode of uh, step by step
1: you did it you saw you saw the episodes
0: I, yeah every episode i've seen, you know the oh that makes you so superior to me yeah tell me about your fucking tjf lineup you sack of fuck <laughs> uh, another news uh yeah you can see you know how we were really excited for like what could be different and fun about the new mutants film that was coming out from fox yeah well we're not going to get that until August 2nd, 2019. They got pushed back another six months, and then X-Men Dark Phoenix got pushed back from November 2018 to February 2019, and apparently these delays are also because they're doing fuckloads of reshoots.
1: Bring in Joss Whedon.
0: Uh, supposedly, I guess I...
1: Actually, I, I, no, they should bring in Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just does a whole bunch of super obvious references to his original Justice League without even trying to cover it up
0: yeah and i'm the percentage-wise stuff I'm, i mean i think it was new mutants apparently new mutants is like 50 percent of it's being reshot jesus because it's you know it's, it's studio meddling they want they want some more characters added in i guess even though it tested well they feel like the film isn't scary enough so they want more stuff What it's the like, fuck does that even mean i don't know steve and I guess Dark Phoenix is also having reshoots. I mean, these films, I'm my uh, inter- I, mean, I didn't really give a shit at all about Dark Phoenix.
1: Yeah, whatever. but
0: New Mutants, I was like, oh, this could be interesting and different. Yeah, that's that's just being flushed on the toilet. Fuck that shit. So I will right, we'll remain slightly hopeful. Let's 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 see if that something turns out. They need we to add, see the film. They need to
1: add Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I mean, that's kind of like oh, everybody, another bit of news so we can kind of transition to that. The Duke Nukem film is happening. Uh, and I guess, I don't know if this has been officially confirmed, but I guess it's, uh, maybe it's, it is, maybe by the time this episode comes out, it'll be 100% confirmed, but I was seeing stuff that, uh, John Cena will be playing Duke Nukem.
1: Yes, I did see that.
0: Which is now, of course, leading to think pieces about Duke Nukem in general. It's like, um, there's nothing fun or lovable about misogyny. Okay. I, cause, cause, you know, Duke Nukem's a misogynist.
1: Well, I mean, sure, but that's, it's not portrayed as a positive thing. It's portrayed as a fucking joke
0: yeah it's a satirical but he's like jokey a, character. yeah he's a
1: piece of shit but he is saving the world
0: yeah <sighs> i don't know I, I maybe i maybe we're just like too old for that maybe now. we just we, we 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 can find the charm and enjoy it but there's just a there's just a uh i guess social sphere now where that's just unacceptable
1: ever <laughs> no matter the context that. no matter the reason
0: but it might also be a case of, uh, uh, you know, squeaky wheel gets the grease, and maybe it's just a small vocal minority of people.
1: I mean, that seems to be the case. But if, it seems like vocal minorities keep on causing issues, and sometimes I mean, actually you could argue, I guess,
0: I guess you could argue that the vocal minority is what caused the may uh, the, the, the fabulous Moolah uh, Battle Royale WrestleMania get the name changed. Yeah. But I mean, there's there's positive and negatives. This isn't a at all like some sort of Bashing on those type of things, but
1: but there is a difference between not wanting something named after a real life human trafficker versus complaining that a fictional piece of shit character is in fact a piece of shit.
0: Yeah, I mean the, the, the same thing I think happened when uh, Wolf of Wall Street came out. Everyone was like, this movie just makes like broy like disgusting culture like seem popular. I'm like. Uh, I don't know if we watched the same film. Like this guy lost everything because of his attitude. Yeah, <laughs> great. He was doing coke off hookers' asses and doing all this crazy shit. He still did tons of legal stuff and was, you know, financially punished for yes, it. Yes, he was. I don't. It's, it, it's like uh, that. Yeah, I don't. Know. <laughs> it's like when people say that "pain and gain" like portrayed like all, like all of them positively. I'm like, no, they're terrible pieces of shit. The entire film. There's yeah, something. the entire film. <laughs> there's no positive message at the end of it (laughs) uh so there's that um checking out the news here oh okay okay uh you know we kind of bash netflix sometimes for costly spending yes yes we do i so amazon is looking to develop a tv series for the three body problem which i guess is a uh popular science fiction book Okay. Part of a trilogy. Steve, Amazon is looking to spend one billion dollars adapting this television series.
1: What? But
0: why? Steve, I don't know. Like, oh, I, that's
1: why they had to cut my pay sixty percent. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they're making all this money steve they can't afford to pay you clearly uh i mean i i thought it was already kind of pushing the 500 million dollars for doing their whole lord of the rings series they're working on Mm -hmm. like that's pushing it uh but just i mean that that, that's at least something established that people know what lord of the rings is i i have never heard of this book trilogy before Uh, apparently it's a big deal (laughs) until you said it's popular i don't know if it's something that's really popular in china maybe because it's by a chinese author and all sort of stuff Mm mm-hmm so maybe it's really popular there and that's where they're looking to like get yeah, the chinese market yeah yeah uh but just right off the bat on something that's unproven no one knows about boom one billion dollars i mean it's amazon they got the money so i'm sh- sure it's not that big of a deal but that's just negligent Mm-hmm. yeah it makes uh fucking marco polo and all the other shit that fucking netflix does seems like a rational good
1: choice yeah <laughs>
0: Ah, uh, so, well, yeah, and I guess I'm reading here, it looks like it is trying to appeal to China and their 1.3 billion plus audience. Perfect. Which, that might be, you know, a population type thing, or is that just, I don't think where they get this number from. Is that the amount of people, like, using Amazon in China? Because I'm like, a lot of China does not have access to this service. Right, source. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, so maybe
1: they have DVDs that they put into their PlayStation 2s to watch Amazon video on.
0: Yeah, but Amazon's not getting that money, that's all bootleg shit.
1: Oh, no, officially released DVDs through Amazon. It connects you to the Amazon systems via the DVD. I'm making a reference to that old shitty Netflix DVD that they set for PS2s back in the day.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I figured
1: you did. That's why I figured I'd clarify what I was referencing.
0: <laughs> yeah. I thought you were making up just technological mumbo-jumbo. <laughs> making a bit. Then we have to remember that. Nope, that was a real thing that happened. Wow fascinating you know what's more fascinating slash annoying is that fucking game boy advance adapter for gamecube you have to have a fucking disc for to make it work
1: that's stupid
0: you never used the game boy advance adapter for the gamecube
1: i never had a gamecube
0: oh that's fair yeah there's a little it's a little thing that you you like you like plug into the bottom of the gamecube so you can play game boy advance games through through your gamecube but you have to have a disc there's a game boy advance player disc that you play in your gamecube to make it work okay it's one of the most obtuse fucking things cause I've, I've known plenty of people over time it's like well i have the adapter but i don't know where my game disc is so i can't use it
1: that's fucking stupid
0: it's like i'm thinking back remember remember super game boy for super nintendo where you just had to just plug it in you're good to go like why do you need a disc to do all this stuff
1: yeah that's weird
0: that's so strange yeah that's just a side thing uh that's about it for news i don't I don't remember anything else of interest and big going on right now, except uh, Black Panther making all the money, which it present pre- provides a good message. Like great, this you know this whole thing making all this money, it, it's inspiring to black audiences and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm just sitting here in my usual chair of can it can a better movie make this much money? Yeah. I mean, it's a fine movie, but it has plenty of script problems and CG, and obviously CG problems. So it kind of it falls in that realm of if it's mediocre, it makes all the money.
1: Mediocre average is what's profitable because it's safe these days. This is going to be a weird era in films that people are going to look back on like 20 years from now and just be like, what the fuck was happening? Yeah. Why did people reject Batman v Superman?
0: Well, even if you want to go to, like, let's just, let's leave superhero stuff out. Hey, I was just, my
1: brain was just focused on superheroes just in general. <laughs> we're looking
0: at, like, obviously recently with Annihilation, yeah. Blade Runner 2049, mm-hmm. um, uh, what was it, Arrival? Arrival made oh, a yeah, ton of money. Oh, yeah, yeah, decent. But there's t- there's tons of movies that come out that are exactly what everyone wants, that w- if they would have come out in the mid-90s, they would have made tons of money. It would have been, like, con- like, Contact and all those other type of things that were just, like, big deals for some reason. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, it's like, Nope can't be bothered i gotta go see uh i don't know marvel film number seventeen thousand, 000 or our young adult book adaptations 35
1: it's, it's like Spaceball, spider-man 7 000 and
0: this is it, obviously this isn't an indictment of those movies because i mean at the end of the day there's you know there's, there's movies at the end of the day are always gonna
1: be a product it's a business still
0: it's a business, I understand that. I, I just, and that's something know. I've
1: always said. You know, I get into arguments with other indie directors when I say, you know, you're still making this... Yeah, it's art, yeah, you're a storyteller, but this is still a business, this is still a product. You still are making something to sell. If you're not, why yeah. even fucking bother? And <laughs> you're just jerking yourself off.
0: And it depends. I mean, that's, that's, and that's also fine, because obviously there's always films that people want to make to sell to tell the stories, and they they they, they the producers who are backing the money cares enough. Yeah. a lot of times, if it fails even if it fails you can write that off <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you're doing fine you know even if you're like oh i really care about this film this film might uh bring me an academy you know bring us an academy award do something of that merit great and if, if I, I lose money on it that's still a positive because it helps me in my back end because mm-hmm. of just how all that stuff works out so it makes sense that right in that way i, I just mostly am always just lambasting and then criticizing all these audiences who just like oh nothing's ever original this that blah, 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 blah. and then they don't support the movies that are trying to push the boundary and push your brain and then you get the people who it's like Oh, i don't care if it's bad i just shut my brain off perfect it's like we can all admit there's bad movies but we can admit that and we can talk about what makes them appealing and jo- enjoyable not just ah oh, just turn your brain off
1: yeah i hate that like and sometimes that's okay but that shouldn't be the consistent fucking go-to and it's even an then, either. like, yeah, yeah, it's it shouldn't be an excuse. It should be That should be an excuse for why did they just jump away from the explosion and not get hurt? Mm. That should not be an excuse for why is this the same fucking villain we've seen 27 times in these movies? Or Where why is this character having no progression over the course of their trilogy? Why is mm. nothing happening? That's when it should not be an excuse for that. Yeah. Transformers 2... Why are the robots killing each other like that? How uh, is ripping out a spine killing them? Shut your brain off. Questioning the Egypt thing? I'll allow that. I won't tell you to shut your <laughs> brain off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, et cetera, Etc. cetera.
0: Et, cetera, et cetera. That's the truth. Uh, my local real se- resale shop got Dragon Box Volume 1 in stock. I'm debating going and buying it for $80.
1: Perfect. Do it.
0: For those of you who don't know, uh, funimation and their infinite wisdom decided to release uh at the same time they're releasing the orange season box sets of dragon ball z which were cropped widescreen looked like awfulness they decided like a couple volumes into you know selling that they sell another set of box sets which are full frame probably the best release in uh north america on dvd that dragon ball z will ever have and no one bought them fuck and I didn't buy them, because I, I, I thought I was getting fucked over again by Funimation. I'm like, I've already committed to this. Why are you doing this to me? Yeah, yeah. And then they uh, become very sought after. So they're very expensive. If you want to get all, I think, 10 volumes for the entirety of Dragon Ball Z, you're looking at probably $1,200. Jesus. And that is that is still the best release ever going to get, because no one bought the Blu-rays that came out a few years ago that were full-frame gorgeous, because Funimation again here's volume one here's 13 episodes for 30 dollars.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: no give me give me seasons
1: yeah give me the fucking seasons assholes give
0: me season box sets i'm not doing this like buy three volumes for a season bullshit at that price and guess what no one bought those two volumes
1: yeah go fucking figure
0: and they spent a ton of fucking money on them which i appreciate the effort that they, um, they did to those discs but, but for the price and uh, what you got for them you can't keep fucking over your, your audience like that Really, it's, just, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, so... there Okay, now another, another little side thing. Move to side. Uh, guys, it's April. It is April. It's a new month. It's a new theme. And, you know, we've been talking for a long time about one of our favorite actors who uh, suffered at the hands of a diabolical uh, wife, and that man is Brendan Fraser. Miss you, Brendan. So welcome to Alimony April uh, <laughs> as we talk about Brendan Fraser, talk about a great actor whose career... Uh, Was and life was just destroyed by a woman who I believe the last figure I heard, because this this came out last year, I was blown away. I believe, Steve, I believe she was getting $900,000 a year in alimony. Jesus fucking Christ. I'm going to do a quick check.
1: (laughs) That's insane. I hope you're wrong. I hope you're wrong.
0: Yep. The annual obligation of nine hundred thousand dollars because he was he was verging on bankruptcy and everything because he had lost everything because of his wife's alimony payments right because uh it, it was all set up to be like the usual usual bullshit that kind of happens of alimony of well this is how much money you're making now so that's how much we're setting it at forever that's when he was at the, hu- at the height of his movie making game and then mummy all these films making tons of money to where it was fine but when you know that when you're kind of fall out of favor and you just aren't getting the calls anymore and you're having to do like TV movies or small small budget things you're not making that much money and so very quickly everything you own goes away yeah so this is not meant to be some uh, i'm sure somebody would think ah oh, they're they're being a bunch of mra douchebags no nope. we're just talking about one woman and one uh, one ridiculous situation that destroyed a man it's fucking for no reason yeah, for no reason
1: great job guys
0: but we're going we're gonna to talk about this raise awareness. You know, Brendan Fraser's coming back. He's on tele, He's doing some, some serious TV work right now, looking like he's having a resurgence in his career. But we're going to go back in time, back to when he first started this stuff, look at the films, that, some great films of his career that we love and everyone out there loves, and see the progression of this amazing man. And we're kicking it off with 1992's Encino Man, PG, 1 hour, 28 minutes, When they find a frozen caveman in their backyard, two high school outcasts thaw him and introduce him to a modern life while he in turn gets them to actually enjoy life. Okay. I guess that's the... Sure. uh, Tagline, Where the Stone Age meets the Rock Age.
1: Who calls the 90s the Rock Age?
0: Steve, uh, whoever did the marketing for this uh, feature film. Oh,
1: clearly. You're right. A chillin' new
0: comedy in full Neandrovision. Neandrovision? Me- I can't read the, this. This image is a too tiny. <laughs> so, uh, so there's another movie poster tagline. It's also uh, thawing this summer at a theater near you. They're really going They're going the, going whole, all, in.
1: the all in, baby. Encino Man <laughs> v. Cody in Chicago confirmed. <laughs> Just.
0: Um... <laughs> So yeah, let's just jump right into Steve. What do you think of Encino Man?
1: I think Encino Man is a fun little film, but not much else. I think it. I think it's light. I I think it's a, it's pretty feel good, uh, but at the same time, it's also weird. And I respect the weird because I don't feel like this movie would get a studio budget to make this film today. Because it's just no. it's very weird and out there, and just. I mean, just imagine pitching to anyone. Uh, yeah, uh, two California kids are they digging a pool in their backyard, and uh, they find a frozen caveman. Okay, but how is the caveman still frozen? He's only like eight feet below the California sun. Don't worry about it. And then he gets thawed out, and then they teach him how to uh, go to school. But how does he go to school? Well, they use this dog license. What? But at this point in the 90s, all that stuff... Who gives a shit? And I say that in a good way. <laughs> mm. um, I, like this movie today would get made for Lifetime or like the Hallmark Channel as a made-for-TV bullshit thing. Whereas
0: I, I wouldn't be on those channels. It'd probably be like C W. Does C, C, C W even do I don't even know if that those channels get these kind of movies anymore. Yeah. Maybe ABC fan is, AB, is it ABC
1: family still? I think they still do stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But regardless, one of, the, one of those networks. I I.
1: I appreciate how weird this movie is, but this movie being weird is both the positive and the negative of it, is that I do feel like this is one of those cases where if you're not down with the premise as soon as you put the movie in, nothing in the movie is really going to, like, sway you to change your mind.
0: My stance in this film and why I've always, like, I think I side more on loving this movie because it's almost a parody of the outcast high schooler kid films that are really heavy in the 80s and even like most of the 90s mm-hmm. where like you know like one of the guys or um not so much revenge of the nerds but you know the, the, everything in this film is just a trope from another film where it's like something's happened like um she i can't i spent so long since i've seen she's all that i can't remember if there was a big reveal thing in that but you know it's like it's still like the change or change you are to understand like being like the high school like culture and stuff uh, like this like there's so many film. oh god um, I'm blanking on like other types of films but there's the, there's the tropes in this film first off so what are we going to use to make these two kids they seem cool well it's, sometimes it's like they got they got a foreigner person with them they have someone else that they're trying to change to look mm-hmm. cool like oh I cut I combed my hair and did this so I'm- oh, um, now I'm cool Sol- Soul Man is a great example where who does blackface to get a college a- a scholarship yes that's a that's a that's a famous example just for the the subject (laughs) but i mean it's they could fall in line here where you're pretending to be someone out and there's supposed to be a big reveal scene and you have to prove that i've really changed as a person they're doing everything in this Mm -hmm. but they're just like totally turning on its fucking head of just uh they need to be cool well they find a caveman and then like the big thing at the end of the film where matt's like i'm gonna reveal something link isn't who he said he was (gasps) he's a caveman
1: yeah that was fucking awesome
0: it's great and what i like and usually in those films the main character learns to accept things like you know i need to accept who i am as a person and and being cool and trying to fit into these social i'm circles. focused on
1: the wrong things
0: and things i i that is isn't for me yeah i focus on the wrong things i should focus on being a better person and appreciating what i have no sean Astin's character in this film learns nothing gets the girl in the end and is still pretty much an asshole by the end of the film yeah
1: he learns nothing
0: and in, when it comes He learns to like, slightly,
1: come? a little bit, to care slightly less about being cool. Slightly. There's no. Slightly. There's like no arc for him.
0: There really isn't. He's pretty much the same person at the end of the film he was at the start, and that also applies to Paulie Shore's character Stony. Oh, I will. Uh, I, before
1: I forget, I will say he he does at least like permit the girl he has a crush on to go on the date with Link. He stops being an asshole about that one thing.
0: I'm so thankful that he permitted this woman to do that. Something. He owns. <laughs> I like it's just it's so going with just with everything the usual like oh, I'm obsessed with this girl this girl all about this girl and he still ends up with her like I, even though I have a hard time seeing what any redeeming qualities he has to this person none
1: and I fucking I loved Stony in this movie and I think <laughs> we can just rant about Stony for a while but before we do that I love that earlier on in the film he outright says you know you could have you could have had her a while ago, and mm-hmm. Sean Astin's his response is, she wasn't a babe then. Like, what? Yeah. Fuck you! Yeah, I appreciate
0: it, because this film isn't trying, I don't, this film really doesn't try to cover up the fact that he's an asshole. No, it doesn't. At all. It, it really keeps him straight at face value about what kind of person he is. Yes. I, I think that's, a, I, a, overall my kind of thesis on this film is I feel this film has a lot more layers to it than I think anybody gives it credit for.
1: I can agree with that
0: because I, I every time i watch this film i'm noticing these things i really really dig it and i really appreciate it and what i like about stony is a lot of films there's the quirky best friend who really is just a punching bag and does has no and it, it is just straight up annoying and like doesn't have really much redeeming qualities and there's not sometimes there's not a lot that makes you go like sympathize for them but stony this film He's a good person. He's a good person. He's he's fine with who he who he is as a person. Mm-hmm. It's like one of my favorite lines is, um, "I'm just underrated because I live in Encino." <laughs> yeah,
1: you
0: know, it's like he thinks he's totally fine. He's just in the wrong wrong, wrong element, and he's totally cool with himself. And even like these he little character things, where he's like, "Oh, he's at um, Sean Astin's house because his, you know he has family troubles back home." Yes, and he has like even like even though like, that's like a thirty second bit between him and. Um, I guess it's uh, Dave. Dave Morgan, the John Asson's character, his fa- Morgan's father, and and this like kind of little thing there. It's like you get these like little bits of sympathy, and like you're always on his side. Like you're always on Stoney's side in this film, like because Dave just um, treats him like a piece of shit. Yeah,
1: I feel I do feel like in other movies, Stoney would not be this good of a character, mm-hmm. and especially because I also <laughs> like the movie feels like we're gonna make fun of how Polish Shore talks the entire time. But yeah. at the same time, Stony is the most genuine character in the entire film, and for some reason, this weird, space-headed, weird-talking motherfucker that we're making fun of is also the heart of everyone and the fucking moral compass. If, when it comes to everything, and not just keeping, you know, Asin's character alive, but, like, when the uh, the two um, hip-hop bullies throw the skateboard to make him trip, his response is like, oh, come on, that's messed up, guys. You could have really hurt him it's just, like, such a throwaway thing, but I really like it. Like, it adds a lot to his character.
0: Yeah, he's definitely a a big grounding in this film. And what what I like about that also is because Sony's such a good person, and Link, played by Brendan Fraser, is kind of like this blank slate. Link is just innately a good person as well. Yeah. Like... Just the little things, like, uh, at the com- he's in the computer club, and the guy's like, we want to part- be a part of the computer club, and the-, and the hip-hop guys are making fun of him, and he's, like, just grabbing and walking off with him, like, no, you're my buddy.
1: Yeah, and and that that's one of those things that kind of uh, is touched upon in other films, too, but I like how it's much more straightforward, because there's no real dialogue from Link, in that mm-hmm. Link is making friends with everyone, and being literally a link between all of these people. Yes. Um... And I think that's really cool.
0: Yeah, because a lot of times it might be, well, I am I was the nerdy guy. Now I'm the cool guy. I can't be seen at the nerdy kids because be, I'm going to lose my cred and my cool and people are going to realize who I am or I'm a, it's going to expose me. Yeah, whereas
1: Link is getting the respect from the hip-hop guys by dancing with them and then flat out staying friends with the nerdy kid in front of the hip-hop guys. Yeah, just guys. being friends with everybody yeah. and not letting – And showing really them letting, that they're wrong.
0: yeah and not letting like the uh social pressures and stuff affect him and that, that's what makes him this fascinating character in the film because you just get to see this uh pure character pure unadulterated character just kind of experience life and just uh you know judge everyone for who they are like he doesn't like it like, gets punched by matt and gets gives him respect for everyone for standing up but at the same time he doesn't like matt because matt's showing him aggression it isn't necessarily about really like who matt is mm-hmm. Like he, I don't exactly felt like he doesn't really know anything about Matt or any like that. He just remembers, oh, this is the guy that punched me, and this is the guy attacking my friend, so I need to defend my friend. Yes, like in that type of situation. Yeah, uh, which
1: uh... oh yeah, speaking of like the punch, I appreciate that like everyone respected the hell out of Link because he tanked that bu- punch. Mm-hmm. Like it was not like oh he didn't fight back pussy. He was like for Jesus Christ. He just he no sold that. No one's ever done that. I I I like that. Because mm-hmm. I don't see that that often.
0: That's true. It's, <laughs> it's nice. It's not. It's more people respecting that he took it, not in re, not it, it, respecting that he took it, not so much lambasting him because he did that exactly. It. You don't know, see many films. I was like, oh, you didn't find him back. You're a pussy. Like you, exactly like you said. It just it kind of subverts that. And I I can't help but love uh, Michael DeLise as Matt in this film. Yeah, he's got. <laughs> he's so the, good. The look, the way he talks. Who's
1: cooler than me.
0: <laughs> I. God, that fucking bit in the bi- the like uh, biology class when he looking when um, Dave's looking <laughs> over at Robin and his face just goes in doing the Mm-mm. shaking his head no.
1: There's a reason why that GIF is still used to this day. So
0: <laughs> funny. It's so good. And just everything else like the shush.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Dave, there's those of us who pump and those of us who slump, and you're just doing too much slump.
1: <laughs> you can't argue that point.
0: And I don't even like. I don't necessarily even hate this guy. <laughs> he's a he's an asshole, but at the same time, Dave's an asshole. But Dave's trying to like, act like he's someone better. Matt knows who he is. Yeah, is true to it. Yeah, he is. And so I can sit here and like, uh, is he? He's supposed to be our antagonist. <laughs> same. Likewise, I'm sitting here sometimes when like fucking Dave is just like driving Link out into the middle of nowhere like a fucking dog. Here's a handful of quarters. Best of luck. I can't for an arcade anymore. machine. <laughs> yeah it's like fuck you is this our this is fucking our, our protagonist in this film are you fucking kidding me
1: yep and then he uh, attacks stoney the most lovable character of the film
0: yeah hey i'm your good i'm your friend what are you doing you can't just do like he's like saying like what the audience is like you just can't abandon this man <laughs> you.
1: <laughs> you fucking you dug doing? him up and you wanted him
0: yeah you wanted to use and abuse and be cool and now it's like now you're finding out that it isn't quite working out so well now you just want to dump him on the side of the road
1: do you as do you as opposed to happen? even at least calling scientists.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Are they gonna cut him up and stuff.
1: Yeah, it sounds like you just want to keep him to be cool. You don't really care what happens to him.
0: Yeah. And and, and also Dave's just like totally exploitative of Stony, Like, ah oh, Stoney, hey, you want to buy us some new bell bottoms? You want to just like totally like get all you can out of him? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you, you manipulative piece of shit. Yes. <laughs> it's like, that's what I love about this film. It's just it's just going for it and doing that type of stuff and not afraid just to be like, no, we're making a film that deals like with this type of stuff. It, the premise is ridiculous and silly and we're totally like lampooning that type of thing and just going with it. And just through uh, link, just being a cool dude and being this uh, a freak of nature physically. And he's so cool with everybody. He's plays Radmobile and steals a driver's ed car and r- rides it on two wheels the entire time. And,
1: the entire for a very tire. long time.
0: <laughs> for miles.
1: Yeah, when they got out, Aston kicks the tire that's flat, and I'm like, oh yeah, because that's the only problem the car has right now. As my they're wife starting. said, and my wife even said, yeah, it's not the axles being ground into nothingness.
0: Yeah, just even watching the stunt work where they're doing the driving, those tires just start turning like, gummy bears. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's pretty great. Uh... Just all all the greats, the little scenes here and there with um, Link. My favorite of all time being the not 7-Eleven. It's very clear they wanted to film in a 7-Eleven. And probably in the script is supposed to be a 7-Eleven. But it was not a 7-Eleven. It was not a (laughs) 7-Eleven. It was like a seven day or something. It was such a name where it's like, yeah, this is clearly supposed to be a 7-Eleven. On top of like... It's like Shop
1: 7. Yeah, it was like that. (laughs)
0: And then Stoney's like, this is what made them famous. It's Icy's instead of Slushy. Or what was it? Um... Is this is it slushies? What what the fuck does seven eleven
1: have? Uh the, oh Slurpees. Slurpees, thank
0: you, yeah, 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 like you know, it's like so it's like yeah, it's kinda of similar parallel there. It's hell, even that fucking icy product placement of the start of this movie. Uh
1: that scene had my favorite joke in the entire movie. Which that? It was the two um clerks arguing whether it was a minute or two minutes. And then oh, it was yeah. a and a half is like, Oh, it's it's hot on the outside but cold on the inside, and then just real quick you hear two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I lost my fucking mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just
0: that entire bit. Like, uh, this is meat, meat group, and this is your fruit group, and it's like sweet tarts. Yeah.
1: <laughs> You're killing uh, him, Stoning.
0: And then my, my favorite line from the film, wheeze the juice. Just that whole says like, no, don't wheeze the juice! <laughs> wheeze the juice. <laughs> oh, brain freeze, you wheeze the juice,
1: man. <laughs> And I appreciate uh, that those guys know who Stoney is. Mm-hmm. He could be banned from the store, but they don't, and I think it's because he's such a good person. Aside that from is the right. juice. <laughs> I think it's because
0: he spends money there.
1: Yeah, he... He wheezes the juice, but otherwise he's blowing a bunch of money on the candy there, so they're just like, yeah, we'll we'll deal with it. <laughs> we'll
0: deal with it. We'll deal with his sometime wheezing the juice. No, Stony, don't wheeze the juice. Please spend your money here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah, the the burrito bit there.
1: Just made me laugh. Simple. <laughs> not not an amazing joke, but done The uh, done well.
0: Negatives of the film. Uh, this film was made in the 90s. Yeah, it's very 90s. I Which isn't say, necessarily
1: lots... a negative, but it is still a very dated film.
0: God, this film is so 90s. Yeah. Uh, the, the, if I wanted to point... I, I sometimes think, I have to think, like, what film would I point to for... like? You want to see the height of just awful 90s fashion and music boom and mm. see man the clothing in this film <laughs> is disgusting <laughs> and the music is just like so 90s so early 90s which is really just indicative of the 90s so it's mm-hmm. it's a perfect time capsule and i was talking to rachel i was trying to think is there a decade that in retrospect is as awful looking and to deal with as the 90s i because i think the 60s, 70s, 80s, or, uh, you know, 2000, 2010, now, hell, even 50s, 40s in film and stuff. But, like, every time the, the 90s, ugh. Everything's awful. Yeah. And there's obviously, you know, going to be, you know, handful... You know, obviously with everything, it's fine, some stuff. But just as far as, like, fashion, music, attitudes, lingo, most Especially Especially lingo. There was times when I had no idea what
1: that. the fuck anyone was saying.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of that is definitely... Paulie Shore is making up words. Yeah, gotta get some grindage.
1: What does that mean?
0: I mean, that means food because you eat it through your teeth. You're grinding up your food with your teeth.
1: Doesn't make any sense.
0: Uh, this was Paulie Shore's uh, film debut as being a very popular character, VJ uh, like VJ-like personality on MTV.
1: I didn't realize it was Paulie Shore's as well. I knew it was basically Brennan's first movie. Yeah. Basically, I know he was like had a couple small roles when he was younger, but.
0: Yeah, it's kind of center of Polly Shore. Polly Shore did, like, some TV stuff and things like that. But as far as, like, a, um, you know, main character's, you know, film role, it's on you know, Man. I mean, hell, I mean, Rose McGowan had a pretty uh, pretty big cameo in this film in a couple scenes. Yes, she did. Yeah, it's really funny because i was watching it and like, is that Rose McGowan? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, like, ah, that's baby-faced Rose McGowan. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. i trying to think of if there's anything else. Uh, I, really like, I, I, I like
1: the ending. Because uh, it makes no sense, but I don't care because oh, that... he gets his ga- he gets his gal back. Yep, and that's just nice.
0: He's smoking hot? And, I, they didn't, and where did they get those clothes for her?
1: Um, Polly Shore's mom.
0: But they're at they're at Dave's house. Oh,
1: y- you know what? Uh, maybe they borrowed it from the woman, the Dave owns. <laughs> since she knows, well, they're, since they're... she knows he's a caveman now, so she knows everything.
0: Maybe. I mean, Dave does own Robin, so that's just true. Yeah, I'm allow. I'm allowing you be. I'm allowing. I'm allowing you to cuck me right now. I'm going up this caveman.
1: If <laughs> I'm allowing it, so you're you're just a hot wife. You're not cucking me. Yeah, it makes oh, it I mean, better. just
0: even the little stuff with like, uh, Robin's from Ella, just <laughs> with Link being all over her and her being totally fine with being sexually assaulted. Yeah,
1: that was weird. I mean, at least it was alluded to just the scene prior. When she's literally like, yeah, I want that caveman to take my, to fucking rape me, teacher. This is an appropriate conversation for class. Or at least, where <laughs> if that scene didn't exist, it'd be way worse. Mm. So at least they established that she gets off on being assaulted. Yeah, like it's
0: totally, like, so she, she still has agenda. Yes. <laughs> so I guess it's fine. And, and we can't, we can't, like... You know, say bad things. Yeah, that's just not. It's not Link's fault. That's just you know. That's that's those primal urges. Yeah. For the gazongas. He literally
1: doesn't know. He doesn't know any better. But yeah, gazongas. What is he saying? I think he's saying he likes your breasts. Or what? What did he say?
0: He likes her, he likes your cones.
1: Cones. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't even that nice.
0: Yeah, they're decent. Um, I was gonna think of something about the oh yeah I, I don't think we can really get like high school films like this anymore either no I, like the 80s and 90s high school was just a place you're at apparently you never you really have well, you never really went to that many classes you could just like leave for half the day and just <laughs> do nothing. uh you could just dance like the film version of high school in the 80s and 90s is always something truly special
1: i wish that's what high school was yeah i was woefully unprepared for real high school when i got there bill I was just hanging out in the hallway no one else was there I was leaving and then getting in trouble
0: I was just smoking cigarettes everywhere everywhere I was like you scamps I left and just got like this I was like I'm okay I got I just went ran up to women and grabbed screaming. their asses and stuff nobody said anything I was also 35
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was just crazy crazy didn't didn't live up to anything. Uh, so, any, any last minute thoughts, any final final statements about Encino Man? How did, I mean, how did uh, Brendan Fraser, first time really in a role for this film? <laughs> okay, I'm we barely, barely talked
1: about him, and this is his month. Yeah.
0: Let's go in reverse here. Uh,
1: he was fun. I thought he did really good at um, emoting with just like his eyes for yeah. a lot of the film. I thought he was good at like reverting um, into seriousness, because especially the scene when he freaks out of the museum is honestly really heartwarming. Oh yeah! Thank you for. Bringing I that like up. the I, I like the fact that he like he is actually making progress because you know this is not like Neanderthal. This is Homo sapien, just from the Ice Age. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is adapting. You know he is learning. He's not stupid. He's just out of t- out of his time. So he's making progress. He's learning language. He's having fun at the fucking theme park. He no longer thinks garbage trucks are monsters. But then when he goes to the museum, as Stoney points out he realizes what happened to him. He's figured it out. He thinks that, you know, his, his lady is dead. That everyone that he knew is, you know, everyone that he knew is dead at this point. He's alone in this new time and he's regressing. He's trying to make a fire and then you, but then you also get like the nice moment between Stoney and, um, Sean Aston. I, I keep forgetting Sean Aston's character name. Dave. Uh, Dave. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we, with Stoney and Dave with him, you know, it's one of the few moments of the film when Dave is not a piece of shit. When he's like, no, it's okay, man. We're, we're your family now. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a really nice moment. But it's, And it's not over the top with Brendan Fraser, like, super freaking out when he's making the fire. He, he's just very cold. He's very, like, it's very much a, this is helping. This is what I used to do. Maybe if I do this, everything will go back.
0: Mm-hmm. And he can also kind of equate to, like, have kind of a PTSD thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah
1: for sure. Um, but yeah, that, that's a great scene. Thank you for remembering. Remind me of that. Yeah, because um, throughout the rest of the film, you know, he's wacky, he's silly, he's the funny guy at a time. But that's a very—it's honestly an emotional scene. Even when he's freaking out, it's not played so much for laughs as it is like, oh no, mm-hmm. uh, Link is not in a good place right now. Nope. And it's you know, Brennan did a really good job. And again, he had barely any dialogue.
0: Yeah, he just had to like do a lot of moding. Facial emoting, eye emoting, grunt emoting, trying to just just uh, get a lot of
1: character across with very little material to work with.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I did, yeah, right there with you, I you did a really well job. Um, his piercing blue eyes really helped the character a lot. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's one of the main reasons why he got the role. Especially when he yeah. was still all cover, covered in mud, mm-hmm. and you can just see his eyes. And it, it really, it, it helped the character a lot establishing it in like the first act of the film.
0: That's a great point, right there with you.
1: Uh, he also hates telephones. Fuck telephones. That's
0: big. That's a good scene too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, he likes the little. He likes the blue part.
0: That's fun. Yeah, just oh, yeah, the, that, yeah. He's so obsessed fire <laughs> and this the, the match
1: bit. And, uh, this is fun film. It's a fun, fun film. film. It is a fun, fun music. weird film. Yeah, and it it's funny because I just said this about Shape of Water to someone earlier today. That if you are not okay with this weird premise going in. You're probably not going to like the movie. You have to be completely buckled down, all cylinders running, on mm-hmm. these kids find a caveman. If you walk out of this film being like there were some plot holes, you, you, yeah, of course there's going to be. <laughs> it's the fucking plot of the movie is two kids finding a caveman six feet underground in a block of ice, but they're able to melt him with three space eaters. <laughs> and he's alive. Yeah. Yep. Also, they never put concrete in that fucking pool, so there's just a bunch of kids swimming in mud in their suits. That bothered me way more than it should have.
0: Well, you know. How did he fill earth- the pool?! Earthquakes. It, ra- it rained.
1: Not in California, buddy. Down, down at a party. Not <laughs>
0: a California party. <buddy. laughs> Rain in San Diego? <laughs> that's,
1: more, that's more unbelievable than finding a caveman. Oh, am I right? <laughs> Oh, yeah. what is the deal with the state being on fire all the time
0: what is what is the deal that's true i don't i don't understand
1: that's the uh, second time in two weeks i've referenced jerry seinfeld
0: uh yeah because you know he's a very prolific i'm gonna stop person. doing that <laughs> what, if, what if jerry seinfeld found a caveman he doesn't live in a cave why is he caveman am i a house man am i a mansion man what is the deal with that
1: now jerry you're a b-man
0: I'm a B man. B, B,
1: B, 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 B. <laughs> B movie three coming soon.
0: Uh, so star rating, Steve. What would you give Encino Man?
1: Um, I like the movie, but I don't love it. Uh, Charming, but not perfect. Funny, but very dated. I give it a three and a half.
0: I'm also a three and a half. While I, I really appreciate the film. There are obviously some minor things, that like, you know, it's also at times and stuff. But I think it's a very, very solid, positive yeah. recommendation. Three and a half. Absolutely, stars. yeah. Definitely, this is not v- this is
1: not video game three and a half stars. This is movie three and a half stars for sure. that is above really average so I can
0: watch watch it every couple years i love to introduce it to people i mean this movie i mean it's kind of in retrospect kind of people kind of lampoon it but for a seven million dollar budget this movie made 40.7 million dollars yeah it was very successful it, it was a very big hit very successful film and uh, the director uh, les mayfield definitely attributes a lot of that to wayne's world because Wayne's World proved that these studios could direct uh, to market films towards teenagers. Oh, that's cool. I didn't realize which that. Kinda, that makes which sense. Which is definitely, which is this film definitely was just a film, like a 90s film, you know, directing straight to teen, teenagers. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, next week we'll be looking at uh, Brennan Fraser's next, uh, you know, next big film and that is airhead so come back and check that out with us and if you thought and man was good bad whatever shoot us a line email us at Steve at gmail.com you can also find us at moviefilmsbillandsteve.tumblr.com so you can check out all of our episodes you know last week we talked about jason statham you can you know look up all the jason statham episodes we talked about and as this month progresses you can kind of backtrack and check out everything else if you come in a little late And you can also find us on Facebook and on iTunes. Like the page. Leave a a comment. Subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review. Let us know your favorite character and quote from Encino Man. And uh, we're also on Stitcher on the website and the mobile app. And as always, I'm on Twitter at Level Bill.
1: And of course, folks, you can check out my films, silverspotlightfilms.com, facebook.com slash silverspotlightfilms. Most of them are on Amazon Video, where they are either free to stream if you are a Prime subscriber or as low as 99 cents to rent. So go check those out. And if you want to see me be a superhero, which is going to be a far busier page in the coming month, I mean, that I'm going to be doing a lot, uh, head over to facebook.com slash the amazing Spider Steve.
0: Fantastic. Uh, well, as always, guys, I've been Bill. I've been Steve. The only thing you ever cared about Sony was nugs, chillin', and grindage.